And so when I think about legacy, I think about my kids, how people feel sitting across from me in conversations and in everyday life, which once again is hard. It'd probably be easier just to create something like super amazing, you know, <laughs> that, that people would just remember me about that. But I really think the bigger calling for my life, at least, is to go every day, how am I treating people? Welcome to the Legacy Lab, where we're all about building a lasting impact one day and one moment at a time. I'm your host, Chris Servin, and each week we have helpful conversations that'll help you craft your own legacy. So let's dive into today's episode as we make an impact on this world together. Welcome back to the Legacy Lab podcast. I am so excited today. Number one, I'm excited because you're here. Thank you so much for listening. I value the fact that you are giving me some time today. There's so many things in your life that you could spend your time on, which is probably your time and your attention is probably your most valuable resource that you have. And then there's people that are just sitting around in rooms trying to figure out how to capture your time and attention. And so you chose to push play here today. And so I'm so thankful. And I have such an amazing opportunity for you today because I brought one of my friends, Josh Wilcox, on the podcast. Josh is really amazing. Number one, we look alike. We were just talking about that a second ago. Like He's definitely the more handsome version of me if you're watching this anywhere um, on video. But Josh is amazing. So a little bit of backstory of us is we connected, I think it was probably during COVID, Elizabeth and I, my wife and Jess, his wife and him, we set up a call. It was supposed to last for about 20 or 30 minutes. We all put the kids down to bed. And then two or two and a half hours later, we looked up and we were like, what? Like, how did that happen? Like time just flew by and we're like, we probably should turn this off and go to sleep now so that we can be parents tomorrow. But it was such an amazing conversation. We're aligned in so many ways with like our faith, aligned in so many ways with the way that we see the world and, and our parenting and the way that we want to just show up in our community and so many different things. So as I was thinking about guests to bring onto the podcast, guests that we can learn from, as we're trying to craft legacies together, Josh was like number one on the list. I was like, he lives his life so intentionally. And so this is a gift for sure. So Josh, welcome. And I would just like you to tell us a 50,000 foot view. Who is Josh Wilcox? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Chris. This is uh, such a joy. And I, I do remember that night where we just couldn't stop talking and just enjoyed like when you find that alignment, it's so important for all of us. I'm married, been married for 12 years now, three kids. My oldest is 11, and then we have a girl in the middle, nine, and then a boy that's eight. So yeah, we just, we have a great time really in the thick of just being intentional, like you said, with parenting is a huge part of it. And then just recently, we started our own optical shop. So it's called Enjoy Optical, and we started that in December of 2022. I've been in the optical industry about 10 years now landed on that. I wrote this down when I was thinking about this chat, 20 jobs in 20 years, Chris, wow. 20 jobs in 20 years. <laughs> and the last 10, I landed on the optical industry. I, I think it's like, I did that on purpose where I wanted to try a lot of different things. Yes. And yeah, so it's been a great experience. Yeah. Now we've landed on the optical industry. And then I also do some uh, consulting and coaching around team development. So anything that's uh, related to like building teams and growing, helping people grow is a passion of mine as well. But our main source of, of income right now is the optical shop that we're growing. Very awesome. So I'd love to dig into that a little bit more because I think 
like a lot of guys, because I've done similar things, like I've never worked at an optical shop, but I've had many different jobs in my career. And so how did you land in that? Yeah. So the way I landed in the optical industry is by accident, I would say. I was working at a church and we were shifting our focus and switching denominations a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of time to find that different path. And we were still open to working at a church, but the, the opportunity came up in the optical industry. And I was asking myself the question of like, what is my value outside of a religious organization? I had went to seminary, I had went down that path. And so I was like, okay, so what, what am I good at? What can I do? And that's where it like slowly gained clarity where building teams was like, okay, so this is something I really enjoy. It's a crossover with my faith, with uh, what I was doing with the church. And so I just landed in the optical industry. And before I know it, I'm managing these medical practices of 20, 30 people Doctors are on staff, people that are very well-trained, well-educated, and I found a niche by doing it. And I didn't really know I'd be good at it, but just taking that opportunity that we, you know, in our faith, we believe God opened that door, but it yes. was a little bit challenging because there was a lot of unknown. But to step out, we actually moved cities at that time as well. So we were living in West Virginia, and when we changed jobs, we moved to Indianapolis. So there was a lot of uncertainty, but it was that clarity came out of taking those steps Yes. And moving towards what God was calling us to. Love that. Love that. I think that's so helpful because in my life as well, I found these threads that have gone throughout life. Like you said, your threads was leading teams of people, right? And so your assignment was different throughout your life, like where you actually brought that calling or that, that purpose to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you were leading teams yeah. throughout the church, leading teams in the optical industry and now with your own business in the same way for me, I just want to serve people. That's all I, I want to do. And so I can see the same kind of threads throughout my life in the way that God has gifted me, the way that he's put a unique purpose and passion within me in the same way as you, that we can then leverage that or put that to work in all kinds of different ways. And so mm -hmm. very similar that I grew up, I thought calling meant that I was going to be a, a vocational minister. And so in the same way, like wrestling with that, what does that even look like in my life now that I'm not vocationally in ministry? Have, have I been demoted or whatever? But then this, but here's where this is where I've been gifted. Same thing as you. And this is now where I can flex that because the truth is that there's so many needs, so many problems that people have on this earth, right? Like, mm -hmm. for instance, they come to you with the problem of, I need glasses, right? And I definitely, I need fashionable ones. Like, I need to be able to look good. And so they come yeah. to you and then you're able to solve that problem for them. Yeah. But even through that, I'm sure you're able to have conversations with people. I'm sure you're able to build connections with people and things like that. Is that right? Yeah, no, thank you. That's it's cool to hear a common thread and someone that can understand that because the language we use is glasses are the avenue to the people. Yes. Right. Before it was a little it. more direct, like you're inviting people to church. Yes. Your friends may or may not come to church because of their past experience with God mm -hmm. or the church. And so that's a, that is an ask, but it can be a, a, a bit of a challenge sometimes. So now God has put us on the front lines of just going, Hey, you're selling glasses, you're connecting with people and it's just the avenue to, mm -hmm. to serve people. And it doesn't really matter the avenue. God has many different avenues. And, and I think once you embrace it, that, that was the thing for me. I was like embracing it. And really over the, just really the last couple of years, Chris, is when I finally embraced that, hey, this is valuable, what I'm doing in the marketplace. And getting over those feelings of 
that the highest calling is to be vocational ministry. Yeah. That was stuck in my psyche so much. And so just embracing the fact that glasses are an avenue and just saying, hey, I'm the glasses guy. I started yeah. a YouTube channel, the glasses guy. You know, it's like, wow. I'm the glasses guy. And I'm okay with that because that gives me an opportunity to be with people, make connections, build relationships. Yes. So I just finally embraced it. I'm saying, I'm the glasses guy. The more we talk and hang out, the more it just makes sense of why mm. we connect, right? It just really does because that's the same exact language that I use, like that I've used throughout my life as far as avenue, right? So in a previous life, I was going to work in a restaurant for someone and it just wasn't the timing. It just didn't work out. And I was struggling with that as well. And it came to me at that point, that was just an avenue for me to be able to flex serving people. And there can be many different avenues that I do that. And so I love that you brought that up because that's so helpful. And you've assigned meaning to something, right? Mm, You're not just right. going to work and like peddling glasses, right? Like just because <laughs> it's just, right. you're literally signing meaning to it. This is the mm -hmm. avenue by which I'm going to be able to connect with the people in my town, the, the people right. that I wouldn't normally be able to. I, I love it, man. And so you really seem to be a person who especially like you said, over the past few years, like you've been able to just settle in and not settle in a bad way, but like settle in your spirit, right? Mm. This is what I've been called to do. And this is where I'm going to be able to, to the avenue by which I'm going to be able to do that. This podcast, we talk about legacy, like that's the whole basis around it. And that we don't have to wait until the end of like when we're being put in the ground or whatever, when they're talking about us, for us to just wonder what our legacy is, like we can intentionally daily craft our legacy. And so when you hear the word legacy, what, what was like, what's some of the things that come up for you? What would you define that as? I love that question. And I love the idea, like seven habits he talked about in there about beginning with the end in mind. Yeah. And I think that phrase has really stuck out to me over the last 10 years or so. And so when I think about your question and legacy, I think, Begin with the end in mind. And mm -hmm. I think there was times in my life where I go, okay, once I get to the end, I hope everyone is like yeah. cool with what I did and you want to be celebrated. You want to be all of those things. But I think I've started to realize, and you, you've alluded to it, but about how it's really a daily process, right? It's the decision that I'm making in front of my kids today. How am I treating them? How am I treating their mom when they're watching? These are all the things that are building legacy. For, for over a long haul. And that's actually harder than doing something great that people maybe remember near the end of your life or some kind of dramatic thing. And I think it's harder to live a life every day that you're proud of, that you want people to remember about you. And I think when it comes to like kids, they're so good at reminding us of this, right? Because they're in front of us and they're going to remember how they felt in front of their father. And yes. we have them for such a short time that I'm going to try to invest most of my energy in that in this stage of my life. And so when I think about legacy, I think about my kids, how people feel sitting across from me mm. in conversations and in everyday life, which once again is hard. It'd probably be easier just to create something like super amazing, you know, <laughs> that, that people would just remember me about that. But I really think the bigger calling for my life, at least, is to go every day, how am I treating people? And, and push into that. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's an answer to your question. It 100% but. makes sense because <laughs> but the truth is, as you're saying that, if we did something big and great, more than likely, the people that recognize that are not even going to be there at the end. Like, they're not even really going to be thinking about us probably 
much longer after we pass, right? But yep. the people that will are the people in our family, the people in yep. our home, the people that are in our town, the people that we've really been able to sit across from and being mm -hmm. able to really just invest in. And yep. so, so that's yep. where it's at. We hear that it has to be some huge, major, big thing that, you know, and it might be, it doesn't mean that's bad. Mm -hmm. It can be both, yep. but, but we don't need to disregard the work that we have right in front of us to yep. obtain something that, that may or may not be big or important. Yeah. And I think you've heard this phrase before. You may, may have already used it on this podcast. We're working to be heroes at home. And I yeah. think that's where it starts. And then maybe we do something great in the, in everyone else's eyes. But I started with being a hero at home mm -hmm. and then I can layer up on that. But I've seen people get it upside down where they try to be a hero outside of the home and then they build on that. And then there's not really, it's like sinking sand. So I think my goal has always been like, as I age to be a hero at home and then see what happens as I can compound that and build on top of that foundation. Love that hero at home. Like that's just something that is so easy to remember. It's something that you can just check in with yourself, right? To be like, how, how am I doing with this? Mm -hmm. Like where are my attentions and, and things like that? Um, another thing that I love to talk about is how I truly believe that you can have harmony between all of those things that you don't necessarily just have to say, I'm only going to be a good dad and I'm not going to be able to show up in the world or I'm only going to be able to show up in the world. And so therefore I'm going to just see my kids whenever I finally get my business built, or I'm going to have to like just completely neglect my own personal health or aspirations or until my kids get out of the house or whatever. So I, I, I really believe there can be a harmony between those things. And that's why I like the word harmony instead of balance, because balance seems like if it's three things, it needs to be 33, 33, 33. And as a dad, business owner, you know, you're doing many different things that is just not that simple, right? It's not just simply like, I'm going to give an hour here, hour here, and then everything's going to be balanced. Right. And so as we're moving towards more harmony, because like in the word harmony, like there's in music, there's some tones that are louder than others, but they're all there, right? Like we didn't yeah. have to completely get rid of them. So as a, a man who is in the pursuit of doing many things, like serving mm -hmm. your community, serving your family, serving your wife, taking care of, clearly you take care of yourself, right? You haven't let yourself go. All those <laughs> things. What do you think is one of the biggest obstacles or challenges to that, that, that you feel maybe the tension even between all of that? What a question. Yeah, that's the constant. I love that that differentiator between balance and, and harmony. I think that is a great way to understand it. I think it's a struggle in the word. I wrote down a word that as fathers, there's a sense of providers. We're, we're, we have that inside of us that we want to provide. And, and I think a lot of our dads and the generation before us nailed that, right? But then there's yeah. element that we're being asked and call it a little bit higher in our generation as fathers and men, just people in general, is that this connection point, right? Mm -hmm. You not only have to provide for your family, which is an honorable thing, but you also want to connect with them. I think it's the right thing, but it's a new challenge for us in this yes. generation. I think it's what God is calling us to, but it, there is a challenge there because, yeah, I want to provide and there's days where I just have to like I have to grind. I'm going to go in and it's going to be a long day. And, and fortunately, my wife, Jessica, understands that. And she makes sure the kids are on board with that. And so that's real life where you hit those days where you just have to really dig in. But 
there's that point also too that you know you want to be more present than maybe the previous generation and and you want that for your kids and you want to listen you want to be there you want to create this cadence of life so i would say very specifically there's a couple practices that we use in our, in our family that help us but i would just say before i get to that that there's a sense of patience too that i'm trying to learn right yes. where because i'm a i'm an entrepreneur at heart i know you are so there's like these ideas that come up and opportunities saying, hey, I could pursue this. I know there's $100,000 more per year in this mm -hmm. venture. We could do it. But is right now the right time? Yeah. And, and I think the patience to go, okay, I'm right now, I'm making enough for our family to grow financially, but also be present with them to not put my dreams on hold, but have some patience to go, there are going to be some days ahead where I'm going to have more time to spend on those things. Yes. And one of the one of the frameworks that a mentor of mine gave is that you're going to make most of your money between 40 and 60 years old. You know, I'm 37. Yeah. And so that gave me a little bit more patience, right? Like I want to produce now. I want to build wealth, and, and we're working towards that, right? But there is a sense of like, okay, that next spot is probably where I'm going to make most of my money, and my kids aren't going to be this age for much longer. I mean, you see it every day, Chris. They're growing up and we only have them for that short time, this kind of impact. We're planning on having impact on them the rest of our lives as fathers who well, want that. But this is a unique time that mm -hmm. I won't have again. So I need to produce enough money to get us to that next stage, but really plan on making more between 40 and 60. So that's some of the framework that I've been working through even recently to just be more patient as opportunities come. Those opportunities will be there and we'll keep growing towards it. And the only other thing I was going to mention too, when it comes to this like cadence that I've found and, and really since we started the business, it's allowed us to do this where we really just have five days and I call it my build days. Okay. So we're open Tuesday through Saturday and mm -hmm. retail Saturday is an important day. So we don't mind shifting the days a little bit. So it's five days of building one day of rest. And so that helped on Sunday. That's a natural in our faith experience. That's an easy day to say, hey, this is a day of rest. And then Monday is a day of adventure. Dad's not working, but we're also not resting. There's some kind of adventure that happens. Uh, for me personally, it tries to be a growth day where I read a book or learn something new. And then along with the kids, maybe we'll take a little trip somewhere or some kind of adventure. And so that kind of rhythm has helped us in this season to, for me to be okay with those five days of really putting in the work and, and being present with the business and then knowing the rest day is coming and then knowing that adventure day is coming has been healthy, I think, for the whole family to know the dynamic, to know the context that they're looking forward to and just know that, hey, this is what they're doing and this is what dad's doing. So that's helped a lot. And that's meant even, even on Sunday, it's not just a rest day of, hey, we, we're, we're doing all these things, and including church stuff, but we're really just saying, hey, we need this as a day of rest. And so that, that entails being at church some weekends and not being at church some weekends, yeah. serving some weekends and not serving some weekends. Yeah. What do we need as rest in our family on Sundays so that we can be available the other five days to build and grow and really be that presence in our community to serve in that way in this season? I'm getting preachy, Chris, but that, you know, it's just passionate. I'm passionate about that right now <laughs> dude that was so good so good so helpful you perfectly articulated the tension that that we feel as men but then specifically entrepreneurial men but then 
men who love their families deeply and everyone, there you go. That's the whole value of the podcast right there. If you just go back, if, if you just rewind just a few more minutes and go listen to that again, because that was so beautifully said. And what I want to really pull out there is that Josh is very clear about where he's going to go. Okay. He's, this is where we're wanting to go as a family. You've probably had conversations with your wife. You already said you're having conversations with your kids. Like you're just checking in with those things. And because this is where we're going, this is how our life's going to look. Right. Mm-hmm. And but we're still going to make sure to prioritize the things and not mm-hmm. just say, we're going to build the business. We're going to get the extra hundred K we're going to do those things and everybody else can fit into that. Right. But, right. but that, how can we do that? But in such a way that we're still having that adventure day, still having that rest day. I don't have anything extra to say to that other than I'm just so thankful for you and for sharing that. Then we can continue to adapt what we even do in our family because that's so helpful. We, we call it theme days. And I've really tried to get even my own business on theme days as well is that, for instance, you always have something going on in your mind that there's always something that needs to be done, right? And so, mm-hmm. so if there's some days that are like social media days or some days that are content creation days or some days that are just CEO days, and then mm-hmm. it just helps to organize things in our brain just a little bit more. And then yep. just as it pertains to your work and then as your family. So if we're having adventure days, we're having rest days, as it maybe even pertains to your communication with your spouse. There's so many different ways that we can apply this so that mm-hmm. we make sure the things that are important are happening and we're yep. just not waiting for them to happen. Because yep. if you just wait for them to happen, they, they won't. Like they mm-hmm. won't. The, the loudest thing will always get our attention. The triage will always come. And so there'll always be something about your business. And, and so that's so helpful too. I'm sure like on that, on those Sundays, you probably just, even though there's plenty of work to do, right? Mm-hmm. You just, mm-hmm. hey, it's okay. It's okay. Because it's a long game. So I'm currently, that's one of my 90 day goals currently is to bike. And so I have until the end of July to really get it set in stone okay. as far as, and by set in stone, I mean for the next quarter, because I think there's so many things in our life that are fluid, and especially as our business grows, right? Like mm-hmm. you're early on as an entrepreneur, you're pulling all the weight, you're doing all the things, but the plan is that as the business grows, you're able to offload those things a little bit more. And so you may not need a whole entire day for email planning or whatever that is. And so yep. that's where I take it week, not week by week, but quarter by quarter. So what mm-hmm. I do is I say, okay, so what are all the business activities that I'm currently responsible for? Okay, this is what the rest of the team is responsible for. What am I currently responsible for? And then I just kind of group them together. What are the days gonna look like? And am I working four days? I'm working five days. What does that look like? And then how can I group those together? Because then what happens is that I know on Monday is CEO day, but I really may not have content to post that day. Or I may like really want to, in the past, I would have skirted or put aside the CEO stuff mm-hmm. or the loudest thing of, I got to go find more customers. So I need to go market mm-hmm. myself. And so right, right. then I'm doing that on a Monday rather than on Wednesday. And so then yep. my things that I need to be doing to like actually 
have vision for my business, grow my business, those types of things, they get put on the back burner. But yep. now I'm able to rest in that to know Wednesday's coming. Okay. So on Wednesday, I'm going to be able to batch things. On Wednesday, I'm going to be able to whatever that is. And so that's my minor kind of still fluid right now because I'm adding in okay. this new podcast, adding in like just trying to post more things like for my own personal brand and things like that. Monday CEO day, Tuesdays are more like organizational, like content planning days. Wednesdays are like execution of the content days. And then Thursdays are more of that like personal development vision days. And then Friday is more of a margin day, but not margin necessarily family, but what didn't I get done so that then I can feel like going into the weekend and feel good about what I've accomplished for the week. So I love that. I think that what I'm learning too is like uh, those, so a little bit of structure, just give us that freedom to be in that day. So whether that's family or like what you're saying is something I needed to hear because I think like many of us, I guess it's every day becomes get a customer day, but that doesn't work long-term. So you have yes. to go, okay, so Tuesday. So yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to use that and create. And what I'm hearing you say is you create it based on what your needs are, who you are as a leader and, and what you need in that moment to create. And Correct. those can shift those based on what is needed. Needs, but And it's not even necessarily that they have to be rigid. What they allow me to do is in the day, whatever I'm showing up in, in that day, I'm able to focus 100% on that. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. on the, the rigidity of this can only be done at this time. And if I didn't, I was a failure, but it's just mm -hmm. the peace of mind that it brings exactly like you're saying, like structure does bring freedom. Like it just really yeah. does. And most businesses we know what's going on in them. Yes, there might be a fire that comes up that we need to put out. Yes, yep. there might be a thinking at on a weekly basis, monthly basis. Like there, there are things that, that are rhythmic that we know that are going to always be there. And we don't have to just wake up on a Tuesday and be like, oh my gosh, I got to figure out podcast stuff. Or, oh my goodness, yep. I got, you knew that was coming. And mm. so, and so anyways, that, that's been helpful for me for sure. Okay. Thank you. Definitely helps, helps me too. So you mentioned that about investing in yourself through like reading some books and things like that. What is your favorite way you're currently doing to invest in yourself? Because as business owners, as dads, as guys who are trying to hold this tension of having harmony between all those things, what I found is the first thing to go is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so how are you currently investing in yourself or what's your favorite way to invest in yourself? Yeah, that's a good question just to ask yourself uh, and even... Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Cause that helps me like pause and go, okay, how am I? Right. I just came out of a season where we were in a, I was in an entrepreneurship group. It wasn't uh, specifically for faith-based entrepreneurs, but it was, uh, it had faith elements to it. And so that was really helpful. They were giving us some very strategic business uh, planning tools, but then also coupling it with faith. And, and in those groups, probably learned a lot from the mentors that were teaching us. And then the people that were in the group as well, that like the side help, but then I just started making some connections and networking in those groups that was really helpful for if I have questions about financing, if I have questions about marketing, like I have those sources now. And so that kind of put me at ease and it really challenged me to learn more about growing a business. So I think those like in-person events, it was a big commitment. It was like a day every two weeks. So there was a big commitment there. So I'm just coming out of that season and moving to a new season right now where I think it's going to be going back into like just more personal reading and podcasts, which I need to get a list from you at some <laughs> point, but books and podcasts you're listening to. 
But I think those things, I'm going back into that a little bit more tailored specifically for me. And so like I'm doing some reading on real estate right now. I'm curious and learning more about investing in some real estate as our business grows and opening up another revenue stream with that. So those are, a lot of it has to do with curiosity and growth for me, where I'm pursuing certain things in certain seasons because I'm curious about it. And then the other way that I, I try to stay in tune and help help my growth is just scheduling coffee, calling coffee chats with either friends or mentors, just so I can maintain those relationships. But also as questions come up, I can ask those questions in a safe environment. And so obviously you've, you've probably heard it before, but like somebody above you that's ahead of you in your career, in the career, and then someone that maybe is on like the same level as you, where you're still growing, same, similar age. And so I try to reach out and do coffee chats with people like that. And that helps me grow. There's something about the processing, the communication, more of a verbal processor. And then from there I go personal where I do some writing. That's really helpful. So uh, it gets pretty simple, but like reading the writing and then those friendships is really how I try to help continue to grow. Yeah. I love that. I love that you see the importance of those things, right? Because like I said, at the very beginning, thanking everybody just for being here, like our time and our attention, most valuable asset. Like they're not making any more of it. We have a finite amount of time, limited mm -hmm. number of attention. Like we, we're going to sleep limited number of hours in the day. And I love the fact that even though you feel like you need to be a great dad, even though you're showing up in your business, you're still prioritizing the things that bring you life, that invest in yourself because you realize, right? That's a necessary thing if you want to lead your team well, if you want to love your life, if you want to just engage and connect with your children for sure. And so that's so encouraging and so helpful. So I'd love to dig in a little bit more. How'd you make the connection to be able to get into this networking group? Because I think a lot of times guys are like, okay, I would love to do that, but do I just type it into Google or is it, am I going to just get mentored from someone that I see on Instagram? What would that process look like? For me, it's always like the thread you talked about earlier where you just kind of led to certain relationships. And, and so in this case, very specifically, it was like, there was three or four mentors that were in this group called Cultivate. Everyone told me, you've got to spend time with these mentors. You've got to spend time with these mentors. Then I find out that they have this group that they're all mentoring in called Cultivate. So I think it's just like, when you start seeing those common themes, that's always where I know that whatever it is, you and I probably would call it God, just leading us to a certain place and mm -hmm. certain mentors. And I think what it is for me, sometimes I think when I was younger, I got caught up with, is the content good? Is yeah. the content good? It doesn't matter if the content's good. <laughs> You're Come there on. with the people that that's what matters, that relationship. And so I did their thing just to get time with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the humility of just going, hey, I don't know if the, con the content's good too. That's, that kind of is a given. But it doesn't really matter on the content. It matters that relationship, those connections, building those friendships. Choose who you want to spend time with. Find out what they're doing and do it. But that takes some humility. Because before, like I said, I would just be like, yeah, I already know that yeah. stuff. Like I, I already read that book. Well, but you didn't spend time with that person. And so I think that's been my learning curve. So I'd encourage people out there just to go, hey, if you know a bunch of people that are in a certain uh, realm or you want to spend time with someone, whether that's a coach, a consultant, whatever, if you want to spend time with them, do what they're doing. Get on that same yes. page, sign up, pay for it, whatever it takes to spend time with them because it will be valuable. Love it. You said so many words that I love in there. I'm going to pull out a couple I recently did a podcast on 
how when we're stuck in our life, a lot of times it's because we're bringing ego to the situation, we're bringing judgment, we're bringing stubbornness, and all of that really leads to an action. And how the converse of all of those would be, instead of ego, we bring humility to the situation, right? Instead of judgment, we bring curiosity to the situation, right? Like I can be curious. I want to learn. I want to bring that out. Instead of stubbornness, we can bring creativity to the situation. If we're being humble, if we're being curious, then we can get creative. And then guess what? Then that leads us to action. Then we're able to put ourselves in the community and put ourselves in the group, put ourselves to, to work on whatever those things are, but it has to start with humility. So many times we let ego keep us from growth. We let ego keep us from taking that next step because I've done the same thing. What am I actually going to learn? I've already read the book. I've already done the thing. Are, are, are they not even really that impressive? Whatever, 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 which is riddled with ego. Like who am I to say those things and think those things, right? And, yeah. and so just the simple unlock of just coming to the situation with humility. And that doesn't mean that we have to self-deprecate and, and just think less of ourselves and things like that. It's just simply coming from a posture of being like, I have things to learn. I can mm-hmm. learn. And so yeah. if we come to situations like I can learn, then that opens up the possibility for us to then be able to enter into those relationships, enter into those, those, those spaces that, that will then lead us to action, which is all that we're wanting. Like we're, we're wanting to make this life meaningful. We're wanting to right. make it work. Again, that doesn't mean like we talked about a little bit ago that we have a million followers on Instagram and that might come, right? Mm-hmm. But, or that, that they're writing about us in the history books, but that we can be heroes at home. We can be heroes with the people that we do interact with. And we know that is a meaningful thing that we can continue to show up in day in and day out. And yeah. the pathway to that is humility. It's yeah. not ego. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I've never heard that context where the, the cause of inaction is that stubbornness and, and ego. And then as soon as you can deal with that and get on the, then you're back and you're back in action. You're back doing right. the things you need to do. Man, that's powerful. And then we can work in that, then we can work in that cycle, right? Mm Because the action, guess what? When you do that action, you're not going to have it all figured out just because you got curious and creative. It's a cycle. Then you're going to go back to humility, right? And Mm -hmm. then we're going to be able to continually be able to improve, continually able to show up and under the whole purpose and reason why we're trying to show up. I think when it comes to those groups too, Chris, is whatever group or mentorship or coaching, whatever you choose to have yourself grow, even like a church environment, you're betting on yourself in a way too in those environments. And that's what I've learned is, will it be good? It'll be good because I am bringing my energy there and being willing to participate. You use that word. And I think that is so valuable. Stop asking your que- the question, is it valuable? And just go, hey, if I'm there and I'm purposeful getting something out of it and it's people that I trust and I like, then it will be valuable because I'm going to make it valuable. Yes. <laughs> so that's how we show up. Yeah. It makes a difference. It does. And I just specifically, I was talking to a coaching client a few weeks ago and he was saying exactly that. Like he had signed up for a conference that he was going to and in times past, like he would just sit back, observe, take it in. But he's like, no, this time I'm going to contribute. I'm going to participate. The word Mm -hmm. he uses was, I'm not going to just be a wallflower. I'm going to, I'm going to go in and just like really engage. And it was so transformational for him. So much because at the beginning he set out and he's like, because again, we say that it is 
we're going to play small and we're going to be quiet and stuff. But that's really ego. That's really ego just shining through because it's what if like, what if I don't do this and how am I going to look like it's going to make me look like that's how my ego shows up a whole lot. What are people going to think? How are they going to think of me? Those types of things rather than, you know, no one here has it figured out and I definitely don't. So there's some things that I can glean and learn and stuff from here. So love that. And you've, you've really encouraged me to make sure that even more so I'm putting myself in those like environments to be stretched, putting it in those environments to be like poured into. So last question that I have, and I love this question so much. So I did say it's a little bit morbid, but it's people don't love to talk about it. But at the end of our life, whenever that is, if it's next week or hopefully 50, 60 years from now, people are our family, friends, loved ones are going to gather around and they're going to they're going to say some stuff about us, right? Maybe it's the things that they're saying like while they're having dinner afterwards or or maybe it's the actual official eulogy. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people that have lived a life who have who've lived 50, 60, 70, 80 years and at the end people are just trying to conjure up or figure out something to say about them that's not like he sat on the couch, drunk a lot of beer, and he really liked the football team. And so they're like, yeah. he was a loving father and a, and a good person. The end. I just am not okay with that being my life. I'm just right. not okay with that. And so I love this question of what do you want people to say about you? Like whenever it is, we don't have to put a time, time stamp on it or anything. <laughs> whenever that is, yeah. what do you want people to say about Josh at the end? That's a powerful question. Talking about like beginning with the end in mind is like how we live our life now really dictates that. And and a lot of it, what's fascinating about that too, is that you don't really have a lot of control after the fact, right? People will say what they're going to say, but now you do have an opportunity to build that. So that is inspiring. And and I think it's pretty simple for me right now, as far as I want to, I want people to say, Josh, help me feel valued, heard, appreciated, value, heard, appreciated. Every human being wants that. And with your time across from Josh, when I sat across from Josh, whether I was his child, his wife, his friend, his just like random acquaintance that I bought glasses from, he heard me, he valued me, and he appreciated me. And I think if people say those three things, I've, I've made them feel the way that I was meant to make them feel. And that was that's part of my calling is, is those three things. I would add on top of that, as far as our family dynamic, we have this uh, motto, a family motto, enjoy life together. Yeah. So it's this idea of we're going to enjoy it now as the kids are young. We want them to come back to the house and enjoy life together with us throughout their life, bring their kids back. We want them to enjoy spending time together as a family, as siblings. And so I think some of that too, I would love for people to go, yeah, Josh taught me something about enjoying life together and how that's a very important thing. And honestly, it takes me, that question also takes me back to my, the most recent funeral in our family. My grandfather passed back in December and Chris, he lived in a a similar town in Ohio, his whole life, similar relationships and family didn't, I don't think he moved further than maybe 20 miles from where he was born and a simple life. I would say he worked in the steel mill, but everyone that came through there, I and mean, there's people for, for a small town, it was just felt like half the town was there. And people would just come through and they would just say, not nothing super re- remarkable, but they would just say, Les was a great friend. He was wow. such a good friend. And then we're mm-hmm. talking, Chris, we're talking an 18-year-old kid came through and said that, and someone that was 
barely walking through the door in 95. Wow. Les was a good friend. And you could tell he heard them, he valued them, he appreciated them. And so I think that helped give me some context to go, that's my calling too. And I think in our faith that you feel like if they're saying those things, they felt Jesus too from us, right? What did Jesus do? He helped people feel heard, valued, and appreciated. And that is the gospel if you want to go on the faith side. And so that gives me some context and something to work towards. That's my goal. I love that so much. The fact that that's not just something that people say, right? Like I, he was a great friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll say, I'm sorry for your loss. They'll say, yes, he was a great person, but for individual after individual, 18 to 90, like everyone to say he lived that life and he lived it probably on purpose. Like he was intentional Mm -hmm. about that. That did just happen because to make people feel valued, heard and appreciated, that's an intentional thing for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and as we finish up, we're out of time, but one thing that I love that you just said, so you said that family mission is to enjoy life together. And if I'm not mistaken, your business is called enjoy optical, right? That had it. That had to be that had to be intentional, right? And I love that mm-hmm. so much. It's like family. We're gonna enjoy <laughs> life together, but we're also connecting the business, connecting the work to enjoy optical. I man, I'm sure that was intentional, but tell me about that for just a second. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a story for us of like congruence. Where yes. it's like, hey, what we have at home, we're offering out into the public by selling glasses. Kids are there. It's a family, it's a truly a family business. The same wall color. I forget what it's called, Greek Villa in our home. Yes. It's the same wall color at Enjoy Optical. Yes. So it's literally an extension of our living room. Yes. I love that so much. That is, that's intentional. That's where yeah. it's at. And that's where we can bring some harmony. We can bring some congruency between like where I'm showing up in the world, where I'm bringing my purpose to my actual current assignment, as well as at home and all of those things. Josh, thank you so much. I loved this conversation. I loved it so much. I think that it's going to be so helpful for so many people. If you loved it as well, just go ahead and share it with someone. Okay. So you can snag the link right at the top of this podcast player, wherever you're at, you can go and grab the link and just send it to a friend. Okay. Send it to a fellow father, a fellow dad, fellow entrepreneur, whatever. Either there's going to be so many great things for you to be able to take from this conversation and sharing is caring. They're going to be so thankful for you sending this episode to them. And so we're just thankful so much. Thanks, Josh. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for doing this podcast and sharing this with the world and, and starting these conversations. And man, the great questions are the best place to start. And you're good at asking great questions. And thank you for letting me share my perspective. Thanks so much, Josh. Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week.